Balotelli. Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. Gavin keeps it. Skill on goal. Look at that pass. Hayden! Goal! Columbus! There are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am Beam. And uh, yeah, we're back again for our bi monthly podcast. We do. We enjoy. If that, <laughs> yeah, man, it's been. Uh, it's uh, we always keep saying this. It's just what it is. It's it's tough to get schedules lined up with everybody not being at the station. Everybody's on different time frames. We're homeschooling now. That's just like our deal. Like we're oh great. Perfect. I mean, not Even better. Not really, but you know, like with with hybrid schooling and computers and class projects. I'm just uh, there's Zoom calls all the time at our house. There's Lord, I mean, how many times have have I been somewhere in a compromising position, and one of my kids has walked in with a phone, and it's like, dear God, is that on? Is yeah, your exactly. teacher on it? Like, what's <laughs> happening? Please get out of here. Daddy's trying to use the bathroom. Please don't do that. Like, uh-huh. it's a mess. It is an absolute mess. So uh, it sounds like you're having a blast, though, to me. But that's what it really <laughs> sounds like. Yeah, I mean, just the three to six every day. That's that's the sanest part of my day, and it's the oh, craziest. Oh, quite sure, and part that's of also very insane. Yeah, right. So there's no normalcy going on right now. But how are things with you, Beam? How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, good, man. You know, I told you my wife's back to school, so she's a teacher, so she's doing that every day. The uh, soccer podcasting day that we're recording this on is actually the Thursday of the Masters, which is great for me. You know, I love golf. So they're in a bit of a weather delay right now, which, of course, it's been 585 days since we last saw Augusta. Why not wait three more hours, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. 2020, come on, just kick you in the nether regions. But been good, man. Been good. We have had some nice weather here. I've been getting a lot of golf in as well, like on found time in November. So can't complain, man. We are all good over at the Beam household. I've been seeing the pictures, man. You're like... You only need to get in, you know, get a day in December, get a day in January. You might just be able to do it every month of the year if you, uh, yeah, you know, play which your is cards crazy. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, usually right now I, I start to make the switch from golf season to skiing season, but I still haven't gotten, I still haven't given up hope on the golf golf year yet. So there you who go. Knows? we're going to do in a month. Excellent. Yeah, no, that's good. Well, I'm glad to hear it. So we got plenty to get into since we last talked. We will talk about the crew. They wrapped up their regular season. We'll get into a little bit of a playoff preview and talk about uh, their first round opponent. We will also talk about the Premier League and just kind of recap where that stands right now. And I've got some some concerns about a team and I've got some beef with a team uh, that is my adopted team. We'll talk about Beefy that. Beefy bone. Beefy bone. That's right. Bone and beef. Yep, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and then we will talk about uh, the U.S. men's national team getting it back underway after months and months of layoff. They are back in action. Uh, and probably by the time you're listening to this podcast, one of their games will have already happened. But we will talk about that. And a uh, little bit of drama over in Italy as it uh, looks like Cristiano Ronaldo going to be on his way out at Juventus. We'll talk about what that means all coming up. But let's start off with the crew, Beamer. Uh, so they have wrapped up the regular season wrapped it up with a nice little victory over Atlanta. That was, yep. that was nice to see. And anytime you can beat those guys, you feel good. Yeah. Yeah. They've not been the team that they were in previous years, but certainly it was good to see them get the W to kind of wrap up the regular season. Now 
The bigger concern with the crew has been they got back all their injuries for the most part. Darlington Nagby is back. Lucas Zellerayan is back. They are they are healthy. They are needing to click, though, is the problem. Because right now, from everything I've been able to see, uh, it has not looked nearly as fluid and not looked nearly as as consistent as what it was prior to the rash of injuries you know, at the end of the summer, early fall. So they've got a lot of work to do to get back to the place they were in the middle of the summer where they were playing like the best team in MLS. They still have that talent on this team, but that to me is a big concern as you head into the playoffs. Yeah, and we talk all the time, right? I mean, it's about what are you feeling, how are you feeling, and how are you playing? And so, you know, form to me, Bone, really is like in soccer, it is kind of the biggest one in all, you know, really all the professional sports because you see exactly this, what the crew have done. You have ebbed and flowed over the course of a year. And so you could be playing great, you know, in the middle of the year in June and July. And you're saying to yourself like, all right, you know, this team I've seen enough, like they're good enough, going to be a semifinal team or whatever, you know, and then you have those injuries and guys go out of the lineups and all of a sudden like balls are coming in from different angles. And all of a sudden you're not, you know, seeing this guy and you're not seeing that guy and you're not well connected and what ha- what's happening here. So I think you look at that and, you know, when it comes true, like we know that this team has talent. They have the depth to do a lot in the postseason. But you have to be able to find the form, and I think that's what Porter is after, you know, looking at Zellerion and looking at Nagby and these dudes to say, listen, man, we've had it. We've had it before. Let's go out and chase that again. So even though I guess it may have been a disappointing, what, last six or seven games for the year for the crew – you're still in a prime spot. You still got a top three spot in the East. Like you should be good to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there is a, a lot that I am hopeful for with this team. I am hopeful too, that having some time off to regroup, reconnect. No I mean, the reality is with, with the one-off playoff system that now thankfully we have in MLS where, you know, it, it is something where you just, you play the game and that's that. And whoever comes out of that game, that's the winner. And they move on to the next round. The good thing about that is if you are a talented team then you have the opportunity in that moment to have your talented team show up and be that team. The problem is you have to do it over a consistent period of days to get all the way to MLS Cup. But I still think that while you have teams like Philadelphia who won the Supporters' Shield, they deserved it, they've had a great year, they are not like the most talented team in the league. They just play really well together, and that's good. I mean, that's a that's a perfect thing to have most of the time, and it can help you win something like the Supporters' Shield. But... One game, you need one play. The crew have a guy in Lucas Zellerion who can deliver that. They have guys in Darlington Nagby who have been in these playoff battles and know what it takes to win. You know, they've they've got the skill sets that can go out there and get you the goal when it's just it's a tight game and you need someone to make a play. So that's what gives me the hope for the crew, even though I've not been thrilled with the way they've looked down the stretch, and I do think it's going to be a tough battle between them and New York. Uh, I I am excited to see them get back into it and get into the playoffs. I'm also excited to see them because yeah, that was what I was gonna say. It's like yeah, you may be disappointed, you know, <laughs> with the last five or six games, but I've been like SOL here because I am I've cut the cord and I have YouTube TV, and we all know the story. You are familiar with it. Where if you don't have YouTube TV, then the local Fox Sports you know TV channels. You cannot get. So it was really a bummer coming down the stretch bone because I wasn't able to watch the games by myself, like at my house. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And look, the reality is this. If you live outside of the viewing area 
in 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 this market, right? If you live outside of seventy five miles, whatever it is, MLS sets up the rules on that. You can get the ESPN Plus subscription, which I already yep. have. You have. You Me can too. watch every MLS game except for the crew if you're in the seventy five miles of the of the crew stadium. All I think that should happen here, the crew and MLS need to work on this and figure it out and say, look, it is not the crew's fault that the company that owns Fox Sports Ohio, which is Sinclair, that company and YouTube TV and Hulu, by the way, Hulu Live took it off too. So you're you're not getting it if you're a cord cutter for the most part. I think there's like one other service where you can actually get. You ask Evil Bald Colin and we can get him some of those Reddit streams. I'm sure you go to some dark, dark <laughs> right. twisted places on the right. Internet. That's fine. I'm sure we could. But all I'm saying is they could speak to to uh, you know their broadcast partners and say, look, you guys are blacking these games out for our fans. It is not fair. They should have to upend their entire cable structure just to watch our games. If you have ESPN Plus, you can watch the games. We're not going to black it out. Like, I think they should take that restriction off. Or you should be able to provide a login to MLS to show, like, hey, I logged right. into my YouTube yes. account. Here's What do you need to verify me that I have a YouTube account? I'm paying for this. I want to watch the crew. I bought this thinking I could. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be a way to work around it. And it's a shame. Now, the good news is for the playoffs, that won't come into play because all these games will be nationally televised. But it, it's something that has to be rectified by next year. And hopefully it, they'll figure that out with YouTube TV anyway. But it's just, it's stupid. I mean, how? Do, that's a whole other argument for another day. But how in the world do we live in 2020 and you never know week to week if your favorite team's going to be on or not because the people who own the rights to these networks are just like, oh, we're going to take it off. Oh, we're going to put it back on. Oh, we're going to take it off again. It's stupid. Well, I think it's just, you know, it comes down to this. And I think, you know, it's obviously something that we have learned over the years. Like these mega conglomeration and media companies are just so arrogantly greedy and they're just not going to let you have anything nice. You know, like we live in a such an on-demand world society bone where if I want to get something, you know, delivered to my door in two hours, you can pay that right to have that done. Right. Like you can, we live in something where you can just pick and choose and you kind of live in your own little bubble and do whatever you want. And so you already have 15, you know, I don't know, five or six different Netflix and Hulu and YouTube TV and everything like it is really crazy to me how uh, you can sit there and it's a consistently a problem. This has been a problem with MLS and the crew for God knows how long. I mean, since you've been a fan, it's never easy to watch them. Why can't someone just come to the MLS, come to the crew, come to the broadcasting partner and say, listen, all these outlets, here's our fee. Let's go. Let's do it. Why is there such mega greed involved in everything? I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know either. And by the way, I think I spoke too soon because as it turns out, the first round playoff game is on Sports Time Ohio, according to oh, the crew's website. So, yeah, so uh, I'll have to find a way. I like. I want to tell everyone right now who's involved. I will be breaking the law to watch the crew. I just want to let you know. I'm going to find an illegal stream. I'm going to stream it illegally, or I'm going to, or you know what? I'll go get a VPN or something. And but it's again, this is stupid. Why are we doing this? Why? Figure it out. You're make, making it so much more and, difficult for your fans to actually enjoy your product. Yeah, and I will say, by the way like these mega conglomerations like you're talking about with you know Sinclair and YouTube TV and all that stuff like it's not their problem they don't care about us crew fans right. they, they don't care about Blue Jackets fans they don't care about you know whatever name your name your team that's getting screwed by this they care about their bottom line 
the crew should care about their bottom line. And their bottom line involves people being able to watch these games. And I know they do care about that. I don't want to mischaracterize the ownership of the crew because I know they're passionate about this stuff. I'm just pointing out this answer is not good enough that your fans have said, we bought this stuff with the understanding that these games were going to be on and now they're taken away. While yes, that's not the crew's fault. The crew didn't do this. The crew have the power to fix it. You know what I mean? Like, Sure. If there's a flat tire on, and I'm standing there with, you know, the jack and the little, you know, thing to get the lug nuts off and, and another fresh tire, if I've got all that equipment and I know how to do it, I shouldn't pass the person with the flat tire and be like, well, I didn't cause that flat tire. Like, fix the problem. You're right there. Help fix it. Let's go. But yeah, there's got to be a way we should be able to watch that. But the good news is if you can't watch it, you can still listen to it. 1460 AM ESPN Columbus will have the game Saturday, November 21st. 3 p.m., the crew taking on New York in Moffray Stadium. Jimmy and I are going to have to get off that post-game show quickly so that we can flip it over to the crew game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because that's a, what is that? It's a big noon kickoff for the Buckeyes Correct. in Indiana. That's right, if it gets played. <laughs> Fingers crossed on that. That's a, yes. Oh, what a whole nother debacle that is. So You're telling me, pal, I had a heck of a morning with my two linebackers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. How was uh, General Bobby Carpenter? Was he ready to storm the gates? What was going on there? Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, it was, it was a uh, quite a fun situation this morning. So it was fun though. We had a that's great right. time. right. That's that's the way it is, man. And that's why you got to listen to Morning Juice every weekday right here on yeah, the fan. Long tease, Bone. Look long at that. Tease. Look at that. All right. So there's uh, the crew in the playoffs. By the way, a real quick on New York for for what it's worth. Uh, we ES- already got them this year, didn't we? Didn't we get them? Yeah. Bubble got him in the bubble, and uh, Jeff Carlisle, who is ESPN soccer legend, he's written there for years. Uh, he put together his own kind of preview of the playoffs. So he listed the favorites in the playoffs as the Philadelphia Union, Toronto FC, Sporting Kansas City, who I was definitely wrong about to start off this season, but uh, they have they have been really good. One thing for them that's bad is that Alan Polito, their star player that they brought in from Mexico this offseason, suffered a sprained MCL before the regular season finale against Real Salt Lake. Uh, Sporting Kansas City 4-3-2 and two when he doesn't play, 8-3-1 and one when he does play. So we'll okay. see what that means for them in the playoffs. Uh, Seattle Sounders also listed as like the the contenders, the, the major contenders. Then he has the crew in with Portland, Orlando City, and LAFC in New York. As okay. the flawed contenders, like could definitely win it all, but they've got some issues. And of course, Here's we the ta- caveat. Here's yeah. The and, and go figure. His caveat was the crew are inconsistent. Um, and then when it came to the teams that have an outside chance, he talked about the Red Bulls as being one of those teams and brought up the fact that, you know, they have a lot of good, talented young players to go along with veteran center backs like Tim Parker and Aaron Long, who've been there for a while. Sure. They've got Kaku. So they, they have a, a good mix of talent but they are not creating chances. So for the crew, their matchup with this game is they're going to have to be able to make sure they limit the chances for New York, don't let them score on the few chances they do generate, and make sure that the crew generate way more opportunities. And and I, I, I believe they will. But yeah, don't forget, the Red Bulls just beat Toronto coming in to end the season, and they were trying to get their hands on the supporter shield. So they, they've got talent to make anybody pay in this league. You just got to... 
Hopefully that you don't catch them on the right day. So hopefully you mean the, the sh- supporter shield that is non-existent, correct? <laughs> no, it's back, baby. They got it back. Oh, it was? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. There was a whole thing where, so yeah, the, the latest on well, that. I if, saw that they painted it as like, what, Captain America's shield. I saw that, right? Oh, oh no, God, I hope not. I hope that was just, no, they oh, can't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that was then. Well, you know, all I will say is, yeah, on the supporter shield, they were, the, the people in charge of that were, initially not going to award it because they said, well, the supporters aren't in the stands and it's been a weird year. We're not going to give it out. It was stupid. And then everybody yelled at them and then they said, okay, fine. We'll give it out. I guess. And then one of the guys who runs that little group of people in charge of the supporter shield, because Columbus fans made a lot of noise about it. Guys like Steve Sirk, uh, you know, you had, you had a lot of guys doing that. Um, So it, it was definitely a big deal. And then he said, well, now I see what the Austin supporters were all about, or or I understand Anthony Precourt's position now, or something like that. Like, sure. had to throw that out there out on his way out. So, uh, yeah, he got he got lit up pretty good as as he should. Morgan Hughes and others lighting him up as well, and and good for that because that that's a stupid thing to say. So, all right, switching gears to the English Premier League, Beamer. Uh, where, do you, where do you where do you want to go here, buddy? What do you want to talk about? Because I've got a few things that are, I'm certainly interested in but I'll, I'll defer to you on this where do you want to start I mean let's start at the uh let's start at the bottom of the table I always enjoy <laughs> looking at the teams and relegation right Cause well yeah that's where I wanted to start too you know, so that's good yeah so by the end of the year I mean obviously we know that you know a hotly hotly contested title is great but we likely know the teams that are going to be involved in that so right now top of the table all right perfect you got Leicester first Tottenham two Liverpool three, Southampton fourth, which is really cool. And then Chelsea and Villa right behind them, which is great to see Aston Villa doing what they're doing. Bottom of the table, you have currently in relegation, 18th, West Brom, three points, 19th. You have Burnley with seven matches played and two points. And all the way down at the bottom of the table bone in 20th place, you have Sheffield United with one stinking point through eight matches played. So I not a great start by them and Sheffield United uh bad really bad I I am flummoxed by that and and you know they they've not been impressive all year the lone point they got on the season was a tie with my adopted team Fulham yeah which has found their way out of relegation temporarily I don't think they're going to stay there very long Burnley does have a game in hand but also I mean Fulham has just shot themselves in the foot a ton of times this year more on that in a second but yeah man Sheffield is is that's a team that was top 10 last year and and for a moment was fighting for uh Europa League spot am I wrong like they were in that yeah they they were up there they were up there in Champions League threat I mean they were close they were within you know shouting distance of Champions League so big fall for them this year uh, hopefully for them, they can get it turned around. But as for me, as the adopted Fulham fan, I'm not going to complain because I need all the help they can get to stay, <laughs> to avoid relegation. But, uh, yeah, it is. You're right. It is the flummoxing, flummoxing situation. Boy, that's a tough word to say. Anyways, you look back on who they've played and what they've done outside of that Chelsea game. What was this, this past weekend? Actually, they hadn't, they like, they haven't really gotten drubbed bone. You know what I mean? Like you haven't had a, like, you know, you, I don't know, through eight, 10 games, you can see like, all right, this team's going to be in a relegation battle all year. Like they're not good. They can't score. They're getting hammered. Like whatever. 
You look at the Sheffield United team outside of that game against Chelsea where they lost 4-1 to this past weekend. You let up one goal to Manchester City. You couldn't score one. You lost that game. You gave up two to Liverpool. You scored one. You lost by a goal to them. You lost by a goal to Arsenal. You lost by a goal to Leeds. You lost because you had a red card to Villa. You look at this team and it's like, yeah, if I'm a Sheffield United fan, I'm probably frustrated as hell because you feel like we're not doing anything horribly wrong, but they just can't get anything to go their way right now. No, no, they really can't. And and I, I, I think they have just got some roster issues there. I know defensively they've not been good and – but it comes down to being able to, you know, score some goals too. I mean, you got to be able to do that. And right now, their their goals four is four. Yeah, eight games. Eight, eight games. They have scored four goals. Only Burnley is worse with three on seven games. But my God, that is that is pathetic. That is absolutely not going to get the job done. So, um, as far as your guys, Manchester United. Mm-hmm. they've still got a, a ways to go, but it is starting to look a little clearer for them. They're only, you know, three points out from seventh place here. I mean, it, the, the table is very compressed at this time of right. year. So seeing them down in the, you know, right above Leeds, tied with Leeds technically, that's not the way that's going to stay. But what are your feelings right now for Manchester United and how they're, their well, season's going? I think going? they're very bad. I think those are my feelings is that you can't get anything going right. I mean, yes, you beat Everton on the weekend and that's great. Uh, you had a pretty embarrassing loss in the Champions League last week for United, but it was, uh, yeah, man, I, I really do think that Ole's on borrowed time here. You start seeing the rumors about Poch and you know how he's going to end up at Manchester, and you've got issues with Mason Greenwood right now and Bruno apparently calling him out and Paul Pogba whining and complaining and all this different stuff. So, no, I, I don't feel great about this situation, but – Here's the thing, Bone. You got to come into the season with high expectations, not me. I knew they were going to be poo. So here you go. 14th after seven games, no big deal. You're close, but they're not going to compete for anything this year. They're not surely not going to compete for a, a championship. So I don't know. You make Champions League, I guess. Do whatever you can to finish top four again, and we'll just spin the wheel next year. Yeah, I know. That's depressing, man. That's uh, – you shouldn't feel like that this early in the season with the team that Seven you have. Seven games into the end of the year, and you can already see it from a mile away. Mm. Yeah, that's no good. I, I feel for Everybody you, buddy. Everybody feel bad for me. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to say, as much as I like to give you crap for being a Manchester United fan, I do feel bad for you in this sense that I feel bad for any soccer fan that has had to put up with – we've all had to put up with 2020, right? It sucked. So I'm not taking as much joy in the schadenfreude of – successful teams being bad really the only team I've taken true delight in this year of being terrible is not a soccer team it was the Astros and they weren't bad they just (laughs) didn't make it to the World Series but like outside of like blatant cheaters no I I I don't feel as bad or I don't feel as as gleeful I guess yeah feel good about the people who feel bad that's right so I hope uh, hopefully they get to I don't know I want it to be competitive and exciting and I hope that there's like a 10-way battle for the final Champions League spot. I think I that'd be a think, blast. I do think, though, man, I mean, you talk about this. I know it's early in the year, right? But obviously you've got your top three in Leicester, Tottenham, Liverpool. Southampton, good team, man. You don't get 16 points in the Premier League through eight games unless you're full of quality. Chelsea's right there. Everton, as we know, I think they have the talent to be there for the rest of the season. I really like Wolves. And then you talk about Manchester City, Arsenal, Manchester United, and Crystal Palace, like all these teams that are up there, like it's a fun, really, really fun start to the season. Now, oh, of as course. we get 
closer and closer to the middle and the end of the season. Yeah, those teams will probably start pulling away, but I really do think we could have a massive race for the top four spots this year in the Champions League because the Premier League has just kind of lost its mind. Like anyone can beat anyone and let's just do the whole circle. Yeah, you're right. And but that's but that's good though. Like parody as much as it is if you're it's not great if you are someone who's rooting for one of these big four or five teams, but parody is good for the rest of us who are just kind of dropping in and enjoying the Premier League, didn't grow up there, don't have this like hardcore rooting interest even if you didn't. Like there's there's just something about seeing Southampton up in the top four. And by the way, the four of their last five, it's not fluky that they're playing this well. Yeah, like yeah, not at all. They're they're not playing the toughest schedule I think you've ever seen, right? I mean, some of these wins, they beat Villa, they've they tied with Chelsea. They did beat Everton, beat Newcastle. Uh, so, they, I mean, they've got it going for them, but they also beat West Brom. Like, there's there's some bad in there, too. So, uh, we're going to see what they're made of as as this gets a little bit tougher for them, but not a ton, right? I mean, they've, they've got Wolves. They've got your guys, Manchester United, coming up in a few weeks. They play Brighton. They play Sheffield United and Arsenal. So, I mean, you could easily see Southampton hanging around through Boxing Day. I don't think that's out of the question to see them in the top four. Uh, by the way, they do get a big test against Liverpool, but they get to host that one uh, to start the new year. That one is a uh, the January 2nd game. That should be fun. They do play, Southampton does, they play my Fulham uh, on, <laughs> on Boxing Day uh, for what that's worth. Now, uh, let's talk about Fulham real quick. I, I should yeah, bring guys. them. So they are out of the relegation zone at the moment, but I we have to bring up the one of the most absolute jaw droppers of a stupid decision you will ever see. This was this one this one was bad. So you have a terrible penalty decision here that happened uh when they were just recently playing uh against uh West Ham, where on Saturday they lost one nothing. They were looking like maybe they'd be able to get a tie out of this game because they gave up a they gave up a goal in the 91st minute you think the game's over they lost it then in the 95th minute or something like that they got a, a penalty awarded to them so you think great they're gonna be able to get this done so Adamola Lookman steps up he is uh on loan to them from RB Leipzig steps up to the penalty spot and tries to hit a panenka yeah and the goalkeeper falls down, gets back up, and catches it. It was so bad. It was terrible, absolutely terrible. And so that that has led to Who Scott. Who do you think you are, Francesco Totti? Like, what are we doing? Uh, and by the way, you you don't get to pull Panenka's when you are like fighting for a relegation spot. I don't care who I don't care who you are. If you're Cristiano Ronaldo, but your team is fighting for a relegation spot, sorry, you don't get to pull those. Just hammer home the penalty and take the point and call it a day. His manager said he was disappointed. Scott Parker like just said he was disappointed and angry after this. Like, yeah. You, completely unacceptable just 100 percent. you cannot do that not at all so that is why they are they're they're right now a point clear but they could have added another point to their tally which as we know every point's going to matter here it's just so frustrating that 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 was where the game was and and how bad uh, do you think you would feel if you were the one who did that I would be mortified. I, I yeah, like, I, like. I'll tell you, you. What are you thinking? I, the goalie literally goes down. You're thinking probably for a split second, like, all right, got him. You then you hit, realize you hit it so bad that the goalie has time to get up and blocks the shot. Like in that split second, you went from probably great, oh crap, no, we're dead. Like, I mean, what are you doing if you're going back in the locker room, like looking at your teammates, like, 
what are you thinking, man? Yeah, I know. It, well, that's that's always been my question when guys have huge screw-ups like that. How do you walk into the next, like, th- that that afternoon, like, when the game's over? Like, how do you walk back in where everybody else is? And in that case, it happened. It wasn't like there Listen, was... I feel like it's one thing to, like, you know, miss a goal or something like that where, you know, ball in front of you, wide open net, something happens with your foot and it misses, right? Like, all right, physics, balls take weird bounces. We have seen it time and time again. Like, that is on you. That was your mentality and your arrogance putting you in that situation to do that. Like, that's not something where you can look and be like, how did he miss that? Like, no, it's a penalty. Sometimes it stopped. Sometimes you miss it. Okay, fine. If you hit it with power and you hit it with pace and you're going for a corner, okay, you can live with that if you're a Fulham fan. You cannot live with that one, though. No, no, you can't. That is uh... – that's a, that's a big deal, man. That's frustrating, and, and it sucks too because in most times you miss a, you miss something like that in game. It happens in the fiftieth minute. You got a little time for everybody to cool off. Maybe you can try to win the game some other way. There's no redemption after that. You screw it up. You walk into the locker room. Everybody's just staring at you. Imagine Terrible. if they get relegated this year by a point. <sighs> no, I don't. Like, like, no, I just I, know I just adopted eight weeks in. Like we got thirty left to go, and there's a lot of soccer for time to. You I make know, that- but. But imagine that if you I, get relegated by a point or you go down on goal differential oh, by or something. I adopted them as my team this year, and it's already one of the most painful experiences I've ever done. One year I'm <laughs> going to opt into the team. Fan, so yeah. there's a lot of painful experiences yeah. in your life. Although I will say, like, I've always had a soft spot in my heart for Fulham. I just This year I've just decided, let's go. Let's let's make them the team. But uh, speaking of, uh, Craven Cottage is the site, or if you're listening to this, depending on when you're hearing it, was the site of the U.S. Men's National Team friendly against Wales. Uh, that is Thursday at 2.45 p.m. Eastern time on FS1, or it's already happened, depending when you're listening to this. They also have a friendly on Monday against Panama, um, I saw they were ranking some of the the top players in the player pool, um, and I just wanted to run some of these names by you because this is the, currently right now. This is your 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 top ten players in the pool according to uh, NBC Sports. Okay, Christian Pulisic, who had to leave this camp uh, because of injury, he's listed at number one, and clearly so. Um, they have Weston McKenney listed second, which we haven't talked much about him, but he's been getting the start at Juventus. Uh, over the transfer that they brought in from Barcelona, Arthur, uh, pretty much every time he's healthy. So Weston McKinney having having quite the year as we we knew he was good, but he's been playing great for Juventus. Uh, Tyler Adams also yeah. hopefully fingers crossed on his health. We always want to mention that John Brooks. John Brooks has been playing out of his mind with Wolfsburg. He's been. Well, it seems like John Brooks has been around for so long too. You know. Well, you know what it is. John Brooks is one of those, like, there's a couple guys in that age group that weren't in the Landon Donovan era, right? Or they were like the young players at the tail end of that era, but then they also weren't the guys of this new young crop. They were the ones that are kind of like, it was his age group where everyone says we missed and we didn't develop the talent well enough, and that's why we didn't make it to the World Cup last go-around, was like... That was the failure of the U.S. national team to procure enough talent out of the player pool in that age group. So, yeah, it does feel like he's been around forever, but part of that is because, like, he's really never had his been able to fully get the big moments. Like, well, I shouldn't say that. He's had big moments, but, like, he's not been able to – he should have had a World Cup that we got to know a lot more about him. 
You know what I mean? Like where it's like, okay. Kind of in like the lost generation, you know? Yeah, like arguably he could be the best yeah. player on the U.S. national team, but he didn't get to have that moment last go around and become like a huge leader for the national team in the World Cup because there wasn't a World Cup to go to. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that he'll continue to play as well as he has because he certainly would deserve to be a big piece for what they're doing uh, coming up in a couple years. Uh, He's obviously one of the guys who supplied you with one of the biggest moments for – the World Cup in what, 2014? Yes, I mean, right. Yes, of course. Yeah. And I just wanted to see that happen, you know, more frequently and see what he could do as far as, you know, being a defensive force. But yeah, he, he's got he's got big moments ahead of him, hopefully. Uh, Gio Reyna, they ranked at number five, which he's going to get his debut or hopefully already did get his debut, uh, depending when you're listening to this. Sergino Dest. Yes, I love how we're talking about this in future <laughs> and past. Welcome to podcasting. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do because <laughs> if you listen to this in like the two hours it's up before that game, then it'll be current. But if not, it'll be afterwards. Um, Sergino Dest, they listed as sixth. Anthony Robinson, who's playing for Fulham and has been, they've been better since he started getting a full-time start. It's interesting to me. They have Jordan Morris here at eighth from the Sounders, like possible MVP candidate in MLS. Sure. Interesting. I mean, Jordan Morris was like a reclamation project where it was like, yeah, I guess if we have to, we'll throw him out there. And he's just totally revived his career by staying in MLS. Um, I don't really want to put this label on him, but maybe poor man's Landon Donovan in that sense. Ooh. Very, very poor man's. I don't. Landon Donovan is a whole different beast. OK, I'm just saying from the standpoint of had chances to go elsewhere, decided to stay home, was ripped to shreds for doing it by people like me. And he's proven a lot of us wrong. So hopefully he can continue to do that. Um, Josh Sargent was uh, ranked number nine in this. Reggie Cannon, number 10. Uh, and then, of course, uh, just to round it out, Zach Steffen, they ranked at 11. And very interested to see what happens with uh, Zach Steffen not getting to play a ton. How sharp is he going to be over these next couple of games? That's going to be very interesting to keep an eye on for sure but i feel like uh, it's been years since i've seen the u.s men's national team oh, it's, like, it's been, whatever it's been i know that we've had the layoff and this is the first time we've seen them you know since the pandemic started but doesn't it feel like to you like it has been legitimately like two years since you've even seen them or heard from them yeah yeah uh it does it does absolutely feel like that so i am uh i don't know man i'm i'm very curious to see what happens here uh because it it there's a lot of young talent that's going to be in the in the mix here, and this is going to be something that we want to be able to see uh, what they're able to do. So it, it's, I'm excited to watch it. I mean, I'm I'm excited to get to see this team back. I don't really know what to expect, but I also know that that's okay because we haven't really known what to expect with this team for a while. So the let's, one cup qualifying begins, Bone. Is that next year? Is it has to be. Yeah, um, it's gotta be right. I'm gonna look up the. I, I want to say. Uh, yes. I'm going to look up the actual, see when the, uh, when the windows are, uh, if you give me a second, I will look that up because just need to take a moment and find it. But the reality for this U S national team is that there should be like, we should just have no ex I don't want to say no expectations, but I want to, I almost want to reset what my expectations are with this team. And I don't mean from the standpoint of making it to the world cup. That's a given that they have to do that, but I'm saying no, yeah. Since it's been such a long layoff, like I think Josh Sargent, Gio Reyna, these guys should be pretty potent goal scorers, but I have no clue. They need to prove it to me, right? I think the midfield should be really good with Weston McKinney and Tyler Adams and guys like that that we, we've we've known are talented, and now they're going to finally get to all put it together. But I need it to be proven to me 
now. Like I'm, I'm anyone that I was down on before. I'm not going to be down on anyone. I was super high on. I'm not going to be high on. I just want to, I want to start off at zero and then I'm going like, we're building every time I watch this team here on out. I'm not coming in saying, Oh man, Christian Pulisic is like definitely the guy. Like I know he's been hurt. Like I need to, when he's in, when he's in with the team and he's healthy, I'm going to develop what I think of him as U.S. national team or based on what I see going forward, not on the past. Cause that's so long ago. I just don't even, yeah, I, I can't even, I can barely think about it. So June of next year, I've got it pulled up. June, okay. 2021 is your first qualifying date. All right. Well, I'm, I'm at excited. For to us, at least for the U S and what is it? Honduras, USA. Yeah. This is the, the new format Jamaica, where, right. So the teams, uh, the teams rank six to thirty-five. They've been playing qualifying matches, and then the the top six teams that were already ranked, which include like the U.S. and Mexico, and uh, I'm trying to think of who else is in that group, but Jamaica, yeah. Um, so like the top six from those groups, we are already into the next round, and then a few teams will join from that next round. So that's right. Uh, then that will be where we go from there. So please, God, no Trinidad and Tobago. <laughs> it shouldn't matter who it is there's <laughs> i agree come on man. there's no chance there's no chance we gotta gotta make this happen so anyway that's that's where this all stands as of now and yes world cup qualifying it's coming up on us sooner than we know it but you know what the crazy thing is it might just be that that's some of the first those are some of the first sporting events we get to go back to in in like a yeah. full capacity where everyone is in because as far as outdoor events go like football stuff's going to be over and you'll have baseball going on but, you know, I think that seeing a national team qualification game on U.S. soil and packed stands, if we can get there by that time oh, of the yeah, year, would be amazing. Oh, my gosh. That would be I think that would be a great celebration for America too. just be like, we're we're moving on. We're we're, we're past the pandemic. Here we go. And oh, hey, U.S. national team. And then they just like throttle some really good CONCACAF team. That's what that would be like. We're back, baby. We're on. This is good. I feel real excellent about that. Um, all right, final bit for you, and then I'll let you get out of here. Uh, let's talk real quick about Ronaldo. So Cristiano Ronaldo is apparently going to be done at Juventus after this year, he announced, right? I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, so what Juventus is trying to do is sell him. I mean, basically just kind of get rid of him after the end of this season. And, you know, I don't really know, I guess, what your thoughts were when Ronaldo came over to Juventus. Obviously, it's a big move. It's one of the greatest players of all time, if not the greatest player of all time. And so you knew he wasn't going to finish his career there, Bone, but you didn't really know how long, like how much he's got left in the tank. Like it's obviously not a retirement destination for him. So what's his next move going to be? Crazy to think this is his third year at Juventus. Like he's already been there for that long. Juventus is looking to sell him at the end of the year. And it looks like Manchester United looks to be – uh, the destination where he could possibly be heading at the end of this season and into next summer, which Boy, I mean, you love that. Cristiano, let's have a nice little homecoming again. Yeah. I wonder what that would, I mean, the problem is the situation is so volatile at Manchester United from the standpoint of, I guess volatile is the wrong word. It's uncertain, right? What is this team? When will it ever, you know, will it ever realize the talent that, that is potentially there? Will that talent ever, you know, totally coalesce and get to the point that it should be. And will you see that by the end of this year? Maybe that will be the case. But if not, bringing him into that situation, fair or not, that will be viewed by a lot of people as, okay, he can come back in and steady everything, 
right? Yeah, like, exactly. I think that would be the biggest thing, right? Right. People will think that that will. Yeah, he would. Yeah, he would have to get a guarantee from someone in the organization, the entire organization himself, to be like, listen, we cannot fire manager X or manager Y or whoever's there. If I'm coming here, I would almost imagine he would probably get if they have a caretaker manager and they can't get the potch deal done after Ole, like he might get to choose the manager if he yeah. comes. Over. <laughs> right. I mean, that's where it could be. So I think that's whether that's fair or not to put that on him, because at this point in his career, is he likely to be the best player on the field? I mean, he should be, he is still arguably, you can have that discussion between him and Leo Messi, but the reality is like he's going to be expected to deliver like he always has. And at some point, age is going to be a factor in that. Um, but speaking of Lionel Messi, he's likely to be out of Barcelona at the end of the year too. I mean, they're talking yeah. about contract. They're trying to figure it out. There's a chance both these guys could be out and on on the move even for a day or two before they lock up deals. Like they could both be on the market at the same time. Who would have thought? Right, like to see. I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo is not as big of a surprise to see him on the move again, but to have both of those guys potentially be available this summer—that is, is absolutely crazy to me. Just to think that yeah, that's a possibility. I mean, unbelievable to think that literally two of the greatest players of all time could be on the move, free market, everything. Yeah, like at the same time, they could possibly end up on the same team. You know? Yeah, that's it's pretty bizarre. It's <laughs> not going to happen. I would be right. shocked if that happened, but there is a theoretical possibility that these two could end up playing on the same team, which would be stunning. You know what? Breaking news. You heard it here first. Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo coming to the Columbus crew. Yeah. Open it. Damn How about that for a way to open the new stadium? Talk about a lid lifter right. right there. Woof. Hey, buy some tickets. Come out and see them. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's likely, but stranger things have happened, I guess. No, they haven't. And they still wouldn't start over Zellerion. Neither one of them. <laughs> that's right. Our guy, Luca. All right, that's it for us. Thanks, Beamer, for doing this. Thanks to all of you for sticking with us and listening to us when we post these. Hopefully, we'll be back sooner than later. We got Champions League in a couple weeks, so that'll hopefully get us back in shape and get back on here, and we'll do another podcast. But until then, thanks again for listening to Bone and Beam United.